When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How, and, and this is me and you as alumnus, and, and, yeah. and I look at you as family, and I look at those guys as family. How do we get Ray back in the fold with these guys together? Because as you and I look at it right now, life is too damn short. It's this coronavirus is showing you right now. Okay, dude, you and and I know they both have egos, but how do you squash those egos and 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 at least bring those guys back together? We have to, Max. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. I'm good, brother. What about you? Man, I can't complain. This pandemic done, done screwed up everything. I, I, first thing I always wanted to talk to you about is how's your family doing? Family is good. Everybody's good. You know, got grandkids now, uh, which is the best, as you know. And uh, everybody else is good. Just talked to Austin. For the first time, he realized that Michael Jordan was better than uh, – Kobe and LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I, I laugh because I said your most endearing quality, and I, I try to use it from time to time. And I, here's my impression of Doc Rivers right here because you make everybody around you feel so good. And this is the first thing you'll say, "Hey, baby, how you doing, baby? What's up, baby? How you doing?" <laughs> exactly. and everybody, and and it's, it doesn't matter who it is. It can be the yeah. ball boy. It could be security. That's what you do with the people to make them comfortable. Yeah, you know what, Max? It's funny. It's a it's a it's a trait from my father. Uh, he he, I think it was my rookie year in Atlanta, and I walked in the arena with him. I just kind of walked by people, and we got to the locker room. He was like, "You don't speak anymore." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "You walked by six people." And he said, "Work." And so wow. he's like, "Speak to everybody. Just say hi. It doesn't hurt." You know, it, it makes it makes such just incredible connection that you've yeah. done with your players and everybody around you. Your experience in Boston was unique, and I've always loved you as a coach. How do you look at your yourself now with your team? And let's not want to talk about a little bit about the pandemic now and your team and not being able to practice, not to be able to see them. You have a oh, great Max, team out there. Can you imagine this? This because you can understand this, like. Imagine being on a team, and you're on a lot of them, where you were convinced or believed, you know, that your team was the best team and your team was going to win the title or at least had a great shot at it, and then they shut it down. Like, it's frustrating because I don't think people get 
how hard it is to win uh, one title. You know, some players and coaches go through their whole career, they don't have one shot at it, not one, you know. Now, we've been lucky. I've played on a couple of teams where I had a shot at least. Uh, I've coached teams where we, we wanted and had a shot. Uh, this year feels like, for me, uh, that group in 2008, like this team, they're ready to win, if you know what I mean by that. And, um, and we were just like, you could feel it, like Kawhi was really turning into shape. Uh, PG had been injured all year. And he was just getting his rhythm. You can feel it coming in and down. It's over. You know, so that part's been frustrating. But you know what I tell my guys, like, hey, it's frustrating for everybody, but we can't use this as an excuse if it does come back. And so, you know, I'm doing what you're doing. Uh, I'm doing a little more because I have to talk to players every day just to get them to keep working out. Uh, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff with our guys. And we have no idea if it's working or not. That's what's so crazy about it. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, you talked about those two main guys you have. But you'd be surprised. The first person I'm going to ask you about is my favorite player on your team right now, Patrick Beverly. Oh, I because knew who it was. He, because he, he is just so unruly. He is he's going to get in your ass. He doesn't care. He reminds me of a young Doc Rivers back in the day. But he has still – a little bit more attitude about himself. Yeah, he, he's he's vicious, man. And, you know, it's funny. He's he's like the typical guy when he's on the other team, he's, he's damn, damn irritant. Like, uh, when he was on Houston, you know, my first time facing back Beverly, I was a coach, obviously, and I'm standing there, and he walks up to me uh, doing a free throw. I don't know Patrick Beverly. I actually didn't know he was from Chicago. And, and, he, <laughs> and he says, hey, we kick Proviso's ass. And I'm like, what? what? And, and I'm like, what, what is he talking about? And I said, pardon me? He said, yeah, you know it. You're high school. We beat their ass. And I'm like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> like it, it was hilarious. And so after the game, what made it even crazier, Max, I'm standing in the hallway. We beat Houston after the game. His mom walks by and says, hey, Doc, you know we kick Proviso's butt now, don't you? And then I... <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? I do the research. They didn't win. Pat had a big game. They're lying to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway, I, 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 you got to love a guy like that, the way he plays. Now, you know, I'm going to move back to when you were here in Boston and just your team. I want you to give me the meaning of Mbutu, what that meant and what it meant to your team and how you created that word. Yeah, it was interesting, Max. I was, I've been on the board. I've been trustee at Marquette. I, I've uh, been on the board for about Oh, God, I hate that school. Years. Come on, dude. Come on. Yeah, sir, Don't give me the Marquette line. You know how I hate Marquette University. Stole the championship. You did that just to irritate me. I know you did. I know you did. <laughs> I did forget. So a board member walks up to me and asks me, hey, Doc, have you ever heard of Mbutu? And I was like, no. She said, well, I just got back from South Africa, and it's an important word. And I think your team that you're about to coach this coming year, it would do them well. And so she says, I'm not going to tell you what it is. You go look it up. So that night, Max, I'm telling you, I looked up that word and found it. I was up all night because it was like God figured out the right thing for us. And Mbutu means uh, a person is a person through other people. I can't be all I can be unless you are all you can be. 
I can never be threatened by how great you are because the greater you are means the greater or the better for me. Uh, and it's just a lot of meetings like that. You know, our players, you were around them. By the end of the year, if you got on the plane and you just had one sandwich, they were like, come on, you got to share, you got to give us all. So it was great. And they bought into it from the first day of Rome. You know, when we were in Rome and I presented it to them and I had, I think it was Leon Poe and Big Baby had to do the presentation. And let me tell you, I was nervous because I just didn't see them two doing it. Uh, I set them down, I outlined everything, and they, they did an amazing job. They sold it, our guys bought into it, and the, and the rest is what it is. Well, you look at your team and the way it was and the win a championship here in Boston. Talk about how it was to win a champion here, championship here in Boston with the Celtics. You know, I don't know if you can win in a, different, a better place. Um, and, and the reason I say that, like there's bigger cities, obviously, you went in L.A., you went in New York, you went in Chicago. But there is no city that embraces sports. You know, Chicago, in my opinion, would probably be second because it's a little smaller than the other cities and, and it's just the one team. Um, but it meant so much. And I think it probably meant more to me because of what I had to go through to get it. You know, um, I take a job, you know, Danny tells me, Listen, we're going to do this. We're going to rebuild. Um, and I've been through rebuilding in Orlando, so I kind of knew how tough it was, but I didn't know it was going to be t this tough because it was in Boston. And, and people, they don't – you know what I, I learned by that, the losing part, those losing years when we were, you know, I don't ever want to say throwing games, but when we were losing games, uh, is no one cares about the excuse. They don't want to hear it. Like, you learn that, like – you know, we're young. Okay, well, that's too bad. I'm from Boston. You need to win. And, and I really appreciated that. I learned that. Uh, and that was a hard lesson for me. But, you know, Max, when you lose, no one cares why. Right. They want you to win. There's no excuses. And that taught me a lot as a person and, from, and coaching going through that. And so winning it meant so much. And winning it in Boston, like, I don't think it couldn't have been better. Like, we had a chance to win game five. And I really wanted to win in L.A. Uh, but then when we came back home and went in Boston, it, it was the perfect setting for that team to win in. It was, it was awesome. I, you, you, you created something else in Boston when you had your, your second original big three. Talk about those three players that you had and their personalities and what you liked about them. Well, as you know, you're around them. They're all three completely different human beings you know um paul was 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 easier because i knew him right you know uh i had him for whatever amount of years and and the first couple of years with me and paul were not smooth at all you remember i remember I, that i was taking him out of games like i was hell-bent on making paul become a facilitator and a scorer because i thought he would be more efficient uh, it was a tough sell because the year before Paul was on the All-Star team. So in Paul's mind, was, what is this dude talking about? I've made the All-Star team. I'm not changing. And I decided that I wouldn't give an in. I literally decided that I was going to lose my job over it if I had to, but I wasn't wow. going to give it. And, you know, it came to the head when you remember I, uh, we had a one or two point lead and Paul 
was holding the ball. I took him out and sat him for the rest of the game. And Doc, you know, I remember that as clear yeah. as day because what we were right near your bench. And what you had told everybody, everybody get back on the defensive end. Yeah. Paul Pierce took a shot, didn't get back. You took him out of the game, and Paul was sitting over there steaming. And I remember you finally put him back in later. He said, all right, get your ass back in the game and, yeah. and go play. And, and that seemed to be solidify who you guys were as, as coach and player. Yeah, it really helped us, you know, because Paul realized that I wasn't changing and, and that I, it was for the good of the team. But I give Paul the credit. You know, the next day or two days later, he walked in to my office, no meeting scheduled, and just said, hey, you're right. I got you. Uh, we are good. And from that point on, Paul's and I relationship was, was absolutely wonderful. But then all of a sudden, we're bringing in KG and Ray. And, you know, we had that big meeting that people talked about where I asked them, like, what are you guys going to give up? Like, someone's going to have to give up something. Like, we can't win if you each play the way you've played at the places you've been. And I remember, because you know KG, you know, and he said it in his language, like, what, what the F do you want me to give up? You know, it's basically what, what KG, who I had been, I've known for two hours now, uh, in the conversation, I said, shots, all of y'all. You're going to have to give up some shots. And KG was great. You know, he was the key, as you know. He, he set the culture of our franchise um, because he was right away, you can have all mine, literally all mine. If, if, if you tell me if I do this, we're going to win a title, you can have them all. Now, Ray and Paul wouldn't exactly say it all. <laughs> but they both were great, and all of them agreed, like, we have to give up, we have to give up shots, possessions, time, uh, if we want to win. And we're going to have to allow this guy to coach us hard in front of the other guys. And that was coming out of their mouth. So, for me, you know, Max, listen, every once in a while you get players, it's time for them to win. I thought... Paul probably needed to go through those years. He wasn't ready to win yet. And Kevin, I didn't know, but Ray the same way. But once they got to us, they were ready to win. And they were sick. They heard all the talk like you did. Well, it's going to take them a year. You remember that when we got them all together? Yes. We assume the Lakers would win. They thought Detroit or Cleveland in the East because they thought it would take us a year. And I kept saying, you guys are old. You don't have a year. Like <laughs> – you don't know what's going to happen the following year. And now think about it. We win it. The next year, you can make a case we're playing better. But oh, KG, much better. Much better, right? And KG goes down, and it changes it. So you can never take it for granted. When you got a shot, you better go after it. And our guys did that. As you know by now, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health by starting Awaken 180 Weight Loss. I've already dropped about 18 pounds, and I'm not the only one. Kendrick Perkins is down about 30 pounds, and we're just two of 11,000 who found the solution for weight loss. No gym, no medication, no tricks or gimmicks. Awaken 180, a combination of science, nutrition, and expert one-on-one -on -one coach. If you have weight to lose, I recommend you call Paige and her team. You'll lose weight starting the first week and each and every week until you get to your ideal weight. Awaken 180, six locations. But during this lockdown, they're starting 
client virtual. The same program from the comforts of your home. Simply log in to awaken180weightloss.com. Fill out the form online and start your weight loss transformation. Awaken 180 Weight Loss, the official weight loss program for the Boston Red Sox. One thing I was, I remember a game in particular when Kevin Garnett went down and then the series you had against Orlando. And that yeah. was a go-to, that was a go. And I remember play, you guys playing that game and you had nothing else at the end of that game in Orlando. And you played your asses off and a reporter came to me and said, so how you think the Celtics quit? I said, quit? I said, they gave you everything they had. As an alumni, I've never been more proud of a team getting out and playing to their full ability and then didn't leave anything on the floor. So even there, I was just proud of your team. I love that team. Like, you you think about in the middle of the year, we got the best record in the NBA. We're rolling over everybody. Kevin goes down. And, you know, like I knew, when Kevin went down, it didn't look good. And, um, you know, we heard early that he was out for the season, you know, and we're in the playoff series against the second best team in the East at the time, uh, but really the best team. They end up going to the finals. We pushed them to game. We pushed them to seven games. And yes. they, they had to give us everything to win that series. Um, you know, Sam and Gundy and I talk about that a lot. He said he always laughs. He's like, I was happy. But the first thing I said walking up that court, wow. And that's with no KG. We don't want to see them again. And unfortunately, they saw us the following year. <laughs> Doc, you, you, you talk about all these guys. You talk about Ray. I recently had Ray on the podcast with me, and we were talking. And I quoted something that, that I read about Doc Rivers said, Ray Allen will get a great ovation if he comes back to Kevin Garnett's retirement. And Ray said, I don't know where he got that from. How And, and this is me and you as alumnus. And, and, yeah. and I look at you as family. And I look at those guys as family. How do we get Ray back in the fold with these guys together? Because as you and I look at it right now, life is too damn short. It's this coronavirus is showing you right now. Okay, dude, you and, – and I know they both have egos, but how do you squash those egos and, and, and at least bring those guys back together? We have to, Max. It's, it's, like, I, I really view it as my job. Like, I swear. Um, you know um, – it's, it's a shame because I get why the anger, you know, Ray went to Miami in the middle of what we were doing and also understood what Ray was doing. Like, it, honestly, Ray was looking at us. He was looking at a younger team. He was a free agent. You cannot say that Ray did the wrong thing. You know, he had already won a title with us, you know. Yes. So I got it. Uh, I was not happy about it. Uh, but now that's over with. Like, yeah. we won a title together. This group was so close that bond and we got to get over it and, and you know listen we got a lot of knuckleheads on our team like just stubborn guys but kg rondo paul paul's kind of come the other way now so paul's on the side of bringing ray back in um now it's my job i think the, the one thing i have to do uh, i have to somehow get ray and kevin in a room or on yeah. the phone and once they have a talk, listen, you know they have respect for each other. Um, you know, so we just got to do it. Uh, and both of them, listen, they are, Ray and Kevin are just as stubborn as you know. Uh, they, it's, it's almost like in grade school when the girl and the guy, you know they love each other. And they just keep flirting. 
but they don't want to talk. Well, we got to get these two, two dudes to talk so they can get over it and fall back in line. I, I saw that, that line where you said, it's my fault that Ray Allen did not come to Paul Pierce's retirement party and his celebration, you know, for his yeah. jersey and all that. I, why I why did you easy, say that? Because I gave up too easy on it. Like, I, I called Ray once, and he said he was going to come. Uh, called him another time, and, you know, we kind of talked. But, and then finally, I knew he wasn't coming, and I just let it go. And, and, and I was sitting there, if you remember doing the game with Ray, with, with, with Rondo, I think Rondo, uh, Paul, and Kevin. And I was thinking while I was sitting there, Ray should be sitting here. Uh, and Ray will get – if Ray Allen shows up, he may get the loudest ovation uh, because the fans love him uh, in Boston. Of course, they were mad at him. But you know what you remember more? You remember 2018. Uh, I mean, uh, 2008. That's what you remember. And yeah. so, like, we got to get him back. Like, And I think everybody who can help, you, me, everybody, because he deserves – the ovation and he deserves to be back with the guys uh, that he won a title with. Yeah. I, I look at that and I, I see all these pricks and, and think somebody prickling here, prickling there. And I yeah. see perks. Saying, well, he didn't do this and he, but I know like, you know, that they all love each other. If you could ever get them in one room and just That's play, it. play a game of cards or whatever, yeah. they'd be okay. Or just say, dude, if y'all want to fight, Go in there and fight. I remember there was a, a line that you used before. I think it was some team wanted to come in your locker room when you were in with, uh, with the Clippers. And you said, open the damn door. Yeah, I, <laughs> you, I, and I honestly did. I was like, let them in. Let them in. And we'll see what happens. You know, you know how it is. Everybody wants to be held back, especially in this day and time. Like when, you, when you're watching the last dance and you see the physicality of the game, yes. it's amazing when you watch it. Boy, the game has changed so much when you think about that and watching your guys now. I would like you to talk a little bit about Kawhi Leonard, just how good you think he is, because I look at him from afar, and he's just – he's so damn quiet. It, it's scary, and but he's so damn good. How did, how did better, that, how he bridge those together? You know, it's funny. Like, um, Last year, I watched probably every game because I thought, man, we, we're one of the teams to have a shot. So I really want to study this guy. Um, and I really start – I mean, I just – you fall in love with how he plays. Max, when you get him, you like him ten times more. Uh, he, he, he's, he's verbal, but to his teammates, you know. Uh, you know, and wow. not real verbal. He'll, he talks. Uh, the game starts, he's very verbal. Uh, a talker on defense – you know, will come to me and say what he sees. He is so much better. Like, he was good before I got him. But when you watch him up close, you're like, wow. Like, defensively, I've, you know, I, I use this term to Ty Lue one time. He got a steal. I said, I never thought a steal could be a beautiful thing. This guy has the most beautiful steals that I've ever seen. He reaches those hands. He just reaches his hands in like a, the cookie jar comes out and the ball's in his hand. He does things that I haven't seen defensively uh, before. He has great feet. Uh, you're not going to beat him. He's strong as an ox. Um, he just He's a good leader, Max, you know, in the way, like, uh, I played with Patrick Ewing. Patrick wasn't a big verbal guy, 
But Patrick led every day in practice and every and everything he did. And Kawhi is is very similar to that, except for Kawhi is a very verbal defensive player. You've lived this almost it's almost like this dream world of the NBA because you were under Greg Popovich for a while. You played against Michael Jordan. You played against, you know, you coached against LeBron. It's how do you bring this whole NBA family together when you think about it collectively as a group and thinking about how people are and how the NBA is now and how it's changed? Yeah, it's, it's a tough one. You know, you think about it, I've been lucky. I had uh, played for Pat Riley, you know, uh, Pop, uh, Larry Brown. I mean, you think about it, I'm just lucky in that way. I had some, I had some very smart people around me. Uh, at the time when you're a player, you don't think they're that smart, though. <laughs> you're sick of them, <laughs> all of them, for the most part. <laughs> I realized later, man, th- those guys knew what they were talking about. You know, but now this league, first of all, we, we debate so much about who's this and who's this. LeBron, you know, Kobe, uh, Kawhi, Mike. I mean, you have all these names, and uh, it's all right with everybody being great, is what I always say. Like, uh they're all great, you know. Um, but to come back now after this break, Max, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be hard. You know, uh, give me an example. For the Boston Celtics, it'll be easy, right? They have dreams of, of winning it, making it to the finals. For us, it's going to be very easy. But think about those four or five teams that are 10 games out of the playoffs. And you're going to come back and say, hey, let's play five more games. They're going to like, for what? <laughs> you know, uh, other than the contract, I mean, you got to think like, and I can't even think of whoever the last place team is. They're thinking, wait a minute, we got to come back, train for 30 days, get in shape, and play five games and then go back home? No, thank you. You know, so it's going to be an interesting decision if we do that or if we go directly into the playoffs. Um, it, it, and I don't even know the answer. There's so many different formats. The one I like the best is uh, 7, 8, 9, and 10 have a playoff to get into playoffs. Okay. Uh, and while they're playing, 1 through 6 can train. You know, wow. so we get to do all the practices. 7, 8, 9, 10 get to play. Now, the advantage they have is in the first round, you got to play teams that have been playing games where you haven't wow. played, but but they haven't had as much practice, and we have. So I think it would be really cool that way. Uh, it doesn't look like we're going to have fans. Um, that's that's unusual. Uh, I don't even know how that will work. Uh, the only thing that I jokingly told the league is, you better put earmuffs on the refs. Because <laughs> you think, Max, think about it. Half the time, you don't hear the stuff that we're saying. And now they everything, everybody's getting thrown out. It's going to be nuts. It'll be crazy. Pat Beverly would not make a game. I mean, there's no way he can make it through a game. It's unbelievable. So it'll be fun. This year has been the craziest year, and you connect that in the emotion you had talking when Kobe Bryant passed away. Yeah. That the hurt and the look on your faces is almost like yeah. you lost your own child. That was hard, man. You know, it's funny. Max, or not funny, I was getting on the bus, and I get a call from uh, Jim Hill. Uh, and this is before it broke. And he says, hey, um, I saw you with Kobe last week at dinner. I just want you to know there's a report that his helicopter went down. 
And wow. and I re I remember thinking, you know, I, I don't know, maybe I thought he was invincible. I didn't even think death. And I said, wow, wow, that's crazy. And he said, Doc, do you understand what I'm saying? I said, yeah, you, you said his helicopter went down. But that's all I, I the last thing I thought, yeah. Max, is that there was no Kobe. And then he said, Doc, Kobe's dead. That's exactly how he said it wow. to me. And now I'm about to get off, get off the bus to walk into a locker room. And then as I was walking in is when that TMZ thing broke. Uh, and the look on my players' faces, you know, Lou Williams who played with them, Ty Lou who played with them, they're, they're crying. Everyone's crying. And, you know, Max, I was not ready to talk to the media. Um, I was just starting to get a relationship with them. And then our PR guy says, no one's media. Then he came back 10 minutes later, and I don't know where he got it from, probably the league. Hey, you, you have to go talk. And, wow. you know, it's funny. You've been in – I thought I was ready. I kind of gathered myself. And then I just – I didn't have anything to say. It was, it was just one of the hardest moments uh, I've ever had uh, publicly uh, on speaking about anything. Doc, Doc I, I remember that so well because I remember the cameras being on you. You said – I don't know what to say. And then you jibber yeah. for a minute. I don't know what to say. And you were just kind of going back and forth. And you were, that's one of the few times I've seen you as a person just lost four words. There were no yeah. words that was going to elevate any, any of the conversation at all. No, there was nothing to say, Max. Um, and, you know, I finally mustered up. I can't even remember to this, what I said, but it was so hard uh, for me. And then, you know, I kind of gathered myself, and then I go back in that locker room, and that was a mess. Uh, uh, people mm. have no idea. Um, you know, Kawhi and Kobe were very close. Um, and, you know, and, and as you know, they shared the same helicopter, uh, you know, going back and forth. That was Kawhi's pilot as well. And so it was a mess. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good competitive story, but what happened at, if you remember, no one remembers the game, it was the worst game ever. The first half was horrendous. Uh, I mean, you could see both teams, they, they literally, like, what are we doing? Um, and the two, the funny thing that happened, I think it was Leroy Richardson. He, Leroy made a horrendous call, and all the coaches think that with every ref all the time anyway. But Leroy makes a bad call, and I get up and say, come on, Leroy. And Leroy actually said, you know what, Doc, you may be right, but I don't give a shit today. <laughs> that's exactly what he said because he was feeling it too. You know, it, it made me understand like we're all in this. And then in the third quarter, Orlando goes on a little run, and I call a timeout, and we get to a, uh, the huddle. I haven't yelled all game. I mean, what do you do? Like, yeah, get yeah. So I go to the huddle, and I said, hey, let's run like play 52 or whatever. And Kawhi, who doesn't talk a lot like this, says, hey, we, we ain't losing today, bro. Not today. Wow. And it was like, he was like, ain't going to happen uh, if we're going to, you know, playing on over Kobe, losing ain't part of that. You know, wow. but he went out, if you watch, he went out for the next six minutes and the game was over. I mean, he just, wow. okay. We're taking this thing over. And it was great. It was a great leadership moment. Uh, but it was great. Our team needed someone to just say something. Um, 
and because I wasn't doing it. And, and so he did that, and that was cool. That was awesome. Tonight's broadcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, BetOnline, still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on, or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. And if you're into props and entertainment betting, you can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, even the weather. Visit the website or use your mobile device and join today to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use the promo code CLNS50. Bet online, your online wagering experts. That is what I think we're going to look back over this year and just say, with the commissioner dying, the former commissioner dying, yeah. David Stern, yeah. and then turn around, and then you have Kobe Bryant passing, and then the coronavirus, if this doesn't put the NBA away, then nothing can ever put no, the NBA away. It, it, I, I agree with that. It, it's just been a really hard year of turmoil. Uh, but in the whole scope of things, you know, I look at it, you know, we're still getting paid for the most part, you know, um, we're going to play basketball again. And in some ways, I think basketball would be a great uh, – it, it'll uplift people. People need sports right now. Um, I know I do uh, because I can't watch another Netflix show. I, I'm Netflixed <laughs> out right now. I don't, I don't watch everything possible. Uh, so, you know, that's why that last dance is so awesome because – Yes, it's, yes. It's, it's I was about sport, to say but it's sports. It's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, we've seen more. We've seen more replays of. Everybody's been telling me, Max, you were great when you. I saw you play the other. I was at the grocery store. I said, Dude, you know that was thirty-five years ago. They're like, What? Yeah, that was thirty-five years ago when we played these games. So as you're saying, sports is that thing that has brought us together. And now that we're without it, it's like we don't have our binky anymore. Yeah, well, see, here's the difference for you and me, though, Max. See, Max, you're. You were a great basketball player, right? I was good, but you were great. And so your highlights turned out to be really good. I'm getting calls. I got a call from a Lou the other day uh, from the last dance. You going to let him knock you down like that? <laughs> you know, I'm getting calls. I didn't know Jordan dunked on you. I'm like, so some of these highlights I'm not enjoying as much as everybody else. But you're right. Like, you know, the first time that I saw 2010 uh, was – a week and a half ago where I watched it. I've watched it with no sound, but I've never watched it like it's alive, you know, with Mike Breen and Jeff Van Gundy. And I was surprised. And me and Tibbs, I called Tibbs. I was surprised. You know, I knew we got out-rebounded. I didn't, know, I didn't realize we got, like, we got crushed. You know, they had 23 <laughs> offensive rebounds in that game. And, and then I, I forgot how many open shots we missed. Like, it's funny, in my vision, I thought every shot was contested. We missed a lot of good looks in that game. So did the Lakers. And it just tells you the pressure of a game seven, what it does to you, you know. Um, you know, but it was a really interesting game for me to watch again. I, I, I laugh about some of these things, these connections, because I want to say it was the game that the Celtics were playing against Miami. And it's six game in Miami, and they told me, and we were up by like 15 points. So we had no other Celtic legends there. They told me, said, well, Max, we're going to give you the trophy. 
and you're going to be the guy accepting the trophy for the Celtics. And I was all hyped. We ended up losing the game. But I had yeah. my speech already. I was like, okay. I was like, Miami played a great game. Uh, we really appreciate it. And I was going to say, but how about them damn Celtics? And yeah, I was oh, just so great. <laughs> but I saw LeBron do some things in those two games. That to me, that was like watching that. I, I mean, I, I've never seen it before. That, that, that guy as, elevated his game like that. Yeah, that was as Jordan as LeBron has ever been in those two games. And when you think about it, Max, like they had lost a year before to Dallas. Uh, they were on the brink of losing to us. If, if, if they lose that series, they break that team up. Yeah. Like, it's no way uh, they probably trade Bosch or somebody was out. You know, you can feel it. And we had them on the brink. And I always look back on that, that game. The, what was a 45-point game that LeBron yeah. had? Um, and I was thinking, if that saved his career, and that saved his career, but that put him uh, – that gave him a chance to win his first title, obviously. But if that didn't go well, boy, he's but already I, got I, I, yeah, you, you, you're exactly right because I remember the game and just thinking like the first five minutes of that game, it was like everybody else was like a kid and LeBron was a grown man. It was just like oh. he, he did essentially. And, and never, I, I can't say the Celtics were afraid, played him hard, but he just had this zen quality about him he in did. that game. He, 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 he was tough. Not gonna and you remember he shot the ball well. Like, you know, LeBron back then was a good shooter in that – but he came out making threes, driving, and and you know at halftime we were we were scrambling like there was not a lot we could do about it. Um, it just it was when LeBron stood up and decided I'm going to be great. It, it really was, and and hats off to him because I thought it was amazing. I'll I'll ask you one one. I'm almost through, but I have to ask you a question that I've always wanted to ask you, and I've heard you say this before. You said. I've always been able to get to all my players, get through to them, and, and talking to them. There was only one guy you said I wasn't able to get through, and that was Rondo. Why was Rondo so different? The one guy that you said you just couldn't crack that code. Why? You know, it's funny. I, I did crack the code, but it wasn't consistent, you know, because Rondo and I, we had a, a rocky relationship. But when the, the, I should have said an up and down one. Because we had, we had probably more ups than downs, but on the down ones, they were down, you know. Uh, you were around some of them. And so Rondo was so darn smart and stubborn. Um, but his smartness probably got him in trouble as much um, as the stubbornness. Because, you know, he didn't trust, he didn't believe a lot of stuff until after the fact. You know, you could tell him something, and he would hear you, and in his mind, he was thinking of another way because he's smart enough to do that. And then when your way worked, I give him credit. He'll come to you and say, it worked. But, and I would always say, it would have been nice if you just had a trusted that from the beginning. But we had our up and down times for sure, man. There were times he drove me crazy. And then there, there was times I was in love with him as well. Um, you know, it's funny. I always loved him as a kid, you know, off the court. Uh, you know him off the court. And it's funny now how close we've become. Like, it's, it's really cool how much we talk, you know. Um, you know, he'll call you and ask you basketball questions. 
And I laugh, like, you know, I remember last year, and he's on the Lakers. He asked me a question, and I refused to give him the answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I, I, and for two reasons. One, obviously, you're on the Lakers. Two, it was one of those questions that he was questioning the coach. And I was like, I am not going to be part of this. You know? <laughs> I have that question. And he, and he even called, he was laughing. I was like, I know what you're doing. Coach said something. You want my opinion. So you can then go back and, and argue with the coach. Is it not going to happen? I've learned my lesson with you. So you had, we though. had a, you and I had this, well, we didn't have an argument, but you, you made, you mocked me and you remember this well. It was Dennis Rodman. And they talked about Dennis Rodman getting his jersey retired. And they had asked me, and I was like, I'm not really sure. You were holding a little press conference. I was walking by you in the hall. And they were asking you something completely different. And you all of a sudden said, and yes, Dennis Rodman should get his jersey retired. Yes. I was like, that bastard. He was sitting there talking. <laughs> why did you do that? I didn't understand that. I love, I love them. That's why. You know, it's funny. You're right when you just look at it like rebound. You know what I mean? But, man, I played with him that year and a half in San Antonio. I had such a different respect for that dude, like his IQ and his rebounding, but his passing. Uh, he could guard one through five, Max. It, this dude was a bad boy. Now, he was completely nuts, like nuts. And it's really cool watching how Phil dealt with him and how we didn't do a good job with him in San Antonio. Like, because uh, we were right on the verge. And it had been interesting. And if we had a hand in him, I don't know if we're going to go let him go to Vegas for three weeks or whatever. Uh, <laughs> come on, man. What, but, what the hell was that? I didn't understand that in the last day. Michael said, let him go to Vegas? We'd never get him back. I, and I didn't understand back. Michael's thing there. But you know what I, I did? I did appreciate is that Michael allowed it. Uh, because at the end of the day, he knew he needed him, you know, and that takes a lot of something. You know, I don't know. I know back then, and first of all, I wouldn't, but if I was that good, there's no way I would have had the patience for another player to say they needed a vacation as hard as I was working, you know. <laughs> um, and so that tells you a lot about Michael, that he's, he was smart, man. Like, he got it. He knew how important Dennis was. Uh, he knew he needed him. And, and he allowed him to have to be Dennis. You know, it looked like he's gone for like two weeks, Max. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and it's funny. So we have a group text with our team, you know, with all the players, and we text back and forth. And, and I already told them there will be no vacations. For this coach. Don't, even, don't even think about it, guys. <laughs> well, Doc, you know, I'm going to ask this last question, and, and I really appreciate the fact you've been on with me. At the very end of the day, the last question is, is pretty much surrounding where I want to go, and that is bringing those guys back because I love Ray. I yeah. love the fact who he was as a player. I love, and I know you know, like I know, that you wouldn't win, you would not have won a championship without it. No chance. We have to somehow solidify something and bring those guys back together. And, and I look at it like you said. I look at Kevin Garnett, who is a historian of a lot of different films. Kevin Garnett right now is like Don Corleone. If he gives his blessing then we're going to be good with this thing with Ray. Yeah, but I know, yeah, I'm I like do. you, how stubborn he can be, and that is just crazy to see. Yeah, how do you get that back? 
I think we're going to get him back, Max. I think Kevin is, is, is open to it. I think Ray needs, though. Now, Ray's stubborn, too. And I think what Ray needs is he would like to just talk to Kevin. And so it's going to happen. Uh, I keep saying that, but I'm not going to let go of this one. I let go of that other one. This one, we're, we're going to make this thing happen. Well, Doc, I do appreciate you coming on with me for the Cedric Maxwell podcast. I wish you all the luck in the world until we see you guys in the championship <laughs> this year, someplace in Vegas, wherever it's going to be. But good luck to you and your family, and you stay safe, my friend. Max, love you, and let's see a new version of L.A. Boston. That's all I want. That would be, that would be beautiful to see. We'll talk to you later. Thank you, my man. All right, take care. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah.